Hey, welcome to episode 65 of The Thodcast, conversations about animation. I'm your host, Philip. Philip Elke here in northern Minnesota. And today I'm joined, coming in from Augusta, Georgia, it's Jody Pulaski. How's it going, Jody? I am doing really well. It's the week before Christmas, I think, down here. It's hard to kind of keep track of time with where the world's at with this pandemic, but we're in the Christmas season down here, and even without the snow, we're feeling the the spirit of the holidays come on through. So I'm doing really well, and I'm excited to be here with you, even though Dawson and Hannah couldn't join us tonight. Mm. Yeah, we're on the cusp of the holidays, uh, on really the heels of Christmas right now. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, a lot going on. It's a weird time. Um, but I uh, heard about a new movie that came out uh, just like this past week. Um, and I was very curious about it. So I kind of wanted to just dive right in and, and maybe record an episode about it. And so here we are. Uh, Jody, what did you think of Wolf Walkers? Wolf Walkers was my gift of the season. And I'm not like even saying that to be annoying or be like wild about it. I'm truly honest. Like when I say this movie, wow, it was a treat for me. Uh, I can't wait to dive into it with you because like the visuals and the themes and the characters just impressed me so much. And I didn't know much about this movie going into it. I knew it was similar to, uh, what is it, Secret of the Kells. But I was mesmerized and so thankful that we decided to dive into this one because I don't know if enough people are watching it. And I hope that everyone gets a chance to see it because it, to me, was a 10 out of 10 film. Yeah, it was you know, pretty impeccable. And uh, this uh, animation company has a pretty solid reputation as well. Like all their movies kind of highly acclaimed critically. Uh, Cartoon Saloon is the name of the studio. Um, all their movies tend to be um, done fairly economically. Um, they This is the fourth animated feature that I saw on their Wikipedia page. Um, you, there you have The Secret of Kells uh, back in 2009. Uh, and then Song of the Sea in 2015. And then The Breadwinner in 2017. Um, and then now The Wolf Walkers. But they're based in Kilkenny, Ireland, um, which is where this movie actually takes place. So it's an interesting, I guess, personal connection that the, the creators of this film have to the actual uh, setting of the film. That's really interesting. I mean, I can see that the love and the care they put into telling this story. So that makes sense to me that it's kind of like a landmark film in a way for them because it's, it's a story that takes place where it's from. And while they do put some mythology things into it, I'm not really sure how accurate those little stories are when it comes to the the wolves and the people of the time, but it, it seemed really authentic to me. Uh, there's just a lot of intriguing, magical, Lore. mystical element. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can tell there's just a lot of um, you kind of pre-existing depth that you don't really 
you don't need it explained too much in this film, but it's um, it's present, and you can just sort of sense the care and diligence you know that the writers took in wanting to uh, tell this kind of specific story about a uh, a girl or or a couple girls actually it's kind of like a a dual protagonist situation of these sort of two girls that that act as sort of counterpoints uh growing up in this um i guess the 17th century irish society uh, one of whom is uh in you know the organized society and the other is uh kind of a nomad living in, <laughs> in the forest uh very very fascinating juxtaposition and like the um kind of synthesis of these two characters is, is just such a compelling narrative to, to have yeah. in a film Mm -hmm. I, when we first meet Matt, well, we first meet Robin, who is, you know, from the city, and then we have, I'm going to mess up her name. Is it Meg? 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 Well, yeah, it's spelled M-E-B-H. I'm going to call her Meb, but don't correct me if I'm wrong. So Meb and, and Robin, and I kind of whispered to myself, as soon as we met Meb, I was like, oh, it's going to be the fox and the hound, but just like artsy. Uh, but it became a lot more than that. But those that theme of, you know, the civilized versus the quote unquote, I, the word isn't savage, but just like free, mm -hmm. you know, free coming together and creating this ultimate community like with 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 both sides so yeah i i loved that part a lot and i i know even before we recorded i i said one of my favorite themes was the power of friendship mm -hmm. uh and we saw that throughout really right out right out of the right out of the gate with this one mm -hmm. yeah this um is a interesting exploration of what we would traditionally conceive of as like this uh this almost medieval it's a little later than that but very um, classic uh, village uh, with a gate surrounding it and there's like a castle or a, a keep uh, that's home to the Lord Protector of this uh, the Kilkenny um, civilization, the society. And uh, he's, you know, the Lord Protector derives his authority from I think the British crown, um, the, this girl Robin is a recent arrival to Kilkenny from her, uh, from London, right? Doesn't she say she's from, or from England, I guess? I think she's from fun? England. And I think it's important to note and something I didn't really pay attention to at the beginning, but more so realized at the end is how, yeah, she and her father were new to this area and they did feel that lack of community they did kind of feel like outsiders coming in and correct me if i'm wrong but they they came in sort of to control this wolf situation that's why her father was there right and you don't get a reason mm -hmm. why her mother's not there but you assume she's passed mm. <laughs> right yeah, I mean. yeah um <laughs> i i guess that I mean, disease is very common back in these times. So No, Philip, it's the law of kids' movies. Like, there <laughs> has to be a missing parent at all times, or it's not a kids' movie. Yeah, who, who knows? Um, we have uh, Sean Bean, the actor who plays uh, Bill Goodfellow. This is the father of Robin Goodfellow, the 
main protagonist, uh, who's voiced by Honor uh, Kneefsey, K-N-E-A-F-S-E-Y. I don't know if that K is supposed to be silent. Um, and it looks like she's actually young. I pulled up her IMDb before we yeah. hopped on here, and she, it looks like she's actually a young, younger girl, which she did a great job. Yeah, IMDb page has her. Uh, she's born in 2004, um, known for a few films already. Um, nothing that I don't, nothing that I've seen as far as I know. Um, she was in the A Christmas Prince movies, which were like famous for being like these viral Netflix Christmas movies. Um, they're, I think, they're sort of hallmark equivalents um no i i haven't seen that she was in the sherlock tv series um and then playing meb uh is eva whitaker eva whitaker um but a lot of like british talent that goes into these films um british and irish uh the british isles i guess is is ireland Mm -hmm one of the British Isles, (laughs) technically. You're asking the wrong person. I know some people really get into the ins and outs of that that whole area in this time period, but I am not one of those people. (laughs) I love geography. Um, And of course, Ireland is currently divided between the country of Ireland and uh, Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom. I, and Kilkenny, is that in Ireland proper, or is that? Um, I, it would almost seem as though that might be in part of. Okay, notice the southeast region in the province of Leinster. So, um, so it is technically in Ireland, um, but though those two countries do share such a close relationship that um, I could see people emigrating from England to Ireland. You know, Sean Bean's character has this obligation to, um, to his duties as this uh, security um, sort of chieftain or something that he, I'm, I'm not sure if we're ever told his exact position within the uh, government of Kilkenny but he does serve the Lord Protector. Yes, I, I'm not 100% sure on that stuff. I've only mm-hmm. watched it once, actually I just finished <laughs> it today. So I was almost nervous when we were gonna talk about it because there, <laughs> there's a lot to kind of know. This is a longer movie. I think it was closer to two hours than mm-hmm. one. And usually we're having those shorter clips, but I think you're correct with that, yeah. uh, this position there. Hour 43 minutes. Uh, it's, it's right around, you know, the length of like a Disney animated feature or Pixar. And uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. This is a very rich world that they're putting us in. And I, a lot of that probably does come from the fact that this is the type of historical world that, um, that the creators would be familiar with. And so they're just bringing a lot of their uh, built-in knowledge this environment to their storytelling 
Yeah, I agree. There's a ton to draw on. And before we hopped in, I, I didn't even know what themes you wanted to focus on. Because like I said, you kind of have a religious aspect with that. that. Yeah, yeah that, that Catholicism going on. And then you have this ecological, environmental, challenging situation as well with the city growth. You have this anti-authority type movement with some feminism coming in. So like hmm. the themes alone, it's a lot, a lot. And, and then add on top of that, all the stuff we could say about the animation. So mm -hmm. this movie really encompasses why I love movies because there's a lot. <laughs> a lot in this, not like Trolls World Tour lot, <laughs> like not like ADHD seizure lot, but, but a lot to soak in. Yeah, this movie's definitely going for some of those big award nominations. Not that that's what like the creators ultimate intention was in setting out to make this I, their intention i'm sure was just to tell the story that they wanted to tell uh but they do have a, a certain um pedigree of being uh these acclaimed films the the films of cartoon saloon and this certainly does not disappoint in fact it's probably easily my favorite of the ones i've seen i have not seen the breadwinner um, and then the others I had only seen maybe once. And I think this uh, animation aesthetic does take a little getting used to because it does seem, I, I mean, it, it is done in a bit more economical way than your big Hollywood studios style animation. Uh, it is 2D animation, it's hand-drawn. Um, it does, but I'm sure well, it's all done on a computer, and so it, it does have sort of that f more flat feel of, of um, vector drawings that are rendered on a computer, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. When I first started, when the movies first started playing, I wasn't totally sure on it. I wasn't totally sold because it didn't feel like hand-drawn in the vintage sense. You know, you could still kind of have this, like you said, this 2D computer what would you call it visual um yeah but it grew on me because i started noticing more and more things not only in the environment but in the characters where you could kind of see the sketching and you could see the the detail of the pencil i mean even if it is a digital pencil mm -hmm. i'm not sure but uh i ended up by the end of it after kind of getting used to it really liking that whole watercolor um organic type look i really mm -hmm. liked what I loved the most was probably the the basic shapes that they worked with when it came to the characters on top of the landscape. Mm -hmm. um, an example would probably be like Meb's hair. It's this giant orange orb that sort mm. of surrounds her little head. Yeah. Uh, and they really work with that. It's a simple shape, but they make it really enticing to watch as she's moving with it and yeah. they 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 really hone in on angles like with the wolves and i i just thought it was a stunning work with the shapes yeah a lot of fun wolf animation here and, and i guess wolves are just highly symbolic of the natural world and you have these two characters that are humans who are living among the wolves the wolf walkers and they have this wild orange hair. It bushes out in this sort of teardrop shape. Uh, and that's definitely one of my favorite elements of this movie, just the way uh, Meb looks when she's 
uh, running through the forest. It's just this cool, just shape that's um, that's just scrambling around, and <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, conveys so much with so little. It's kind of like a squirrel tail. It, it bobs and flows and runs and just seems seamless. And what's really cool for those who are planning on watching it is there's scenes where the wolf pack almost join in with her shape mm -hmm. and follow her throughout these woods. And it's really a creative way to show that wolf community as she's going through her, her scenes throughout the woods. So I agree, it was, it was fun to watch. Um, I, yeah, great feral child animation. I thought, <laughs> uh, you know, reminds me of classic feral child characters such as like the, the child in Mad Max, uh, uh, I should say Mad Max 2, the road warrior, uh, or like it, an animated version would be the good dinosaur. Um, do, do you, did you see that? I did see the good dinosaur, wasn't a fan of it because uh -huh. isn't that like, that's kind of like frozen animation where it's like 3D. It's, or it's whatever. 3D not 3D, but Pixar. Yep. Um, it's not Pixar has just never been my thing. But yes, I've <laughs> seen it. And I know what you're referring to. Yeah, Spot is the name of the character. And he's just this, you know, wild child who's constantly running everywhere. Um, I think they did this Meb. I think she was a bit more endearing than the typical wild child because even though she has that teasing element, I do feel like they softened her with her, her, her like eyelashes and her like wolf kind of aesthetic. Usually I don't like that bouncing off the wall, Jim Carrey type energy, mm -hmm. but I think they hit the right note when it came to Mad because it, it wasn't too much. Yeah. She, um, she's not, unintelligent by any means mm -hmm. she's very much in tune with uh not only nature but yeah the world itself like i feel like she had a lot of valuable lessons uh just about living in society that she communicated to robin the fact that she's been ostracized by society but robin has too like she's sort of unwelcome in this new place you know this more provincial type town, as Belle would say, uh, mm -hmm. and, and the like street rat urchin kids who are playing out in the streets, <laughs> like they give Robin a tough time and nearly like, uh, you know, assault her essentially until yeah. her, uh, Robin's father comes and intervenes. Uh, or they're, they they want to take away her um, crossbow, is it? Like, Yes, and she's yeah. just like any Irish type kid. She's stuck on that bow. Uh, kind of made me think of Merida a little bit, but yeah, I, I appreciate right. it. Uh, I, I like something that. I really appreciated. Like oh, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I I uh, I like that she um, you know had this relationship to this you know training that she has with a crossbow, um, and and you really get the sense that like losing that would would be traumatic for her but yeah continue i was gonna say similar type thing i i really appreciated that she wanted this this i mean weapon but her tool of trade mm -hmm. to kind of make it through these scenes and something that every now and then would kind of cross my mind was how this movie the plot lines would sometimes remind me of like how to train your dragon or even like a tarzan thing but but what i liked was 
to skip back to what we were saying about Meb and what you were saying about her intelligence is they really did, even though these two girls had their uh, lacking points, they were both very yeah. smart and very, they both had something had to give. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. And I, I think what really impressed me a lot was when they gave us the wolf's sense of viewing the world where they could see the sense and see the sounds mm-hmm. without their eyes and kind of showing us how, yes, it's just a stupid wolf, but really <laughs> they're in touch in a way that we can't understand because we don't see through wolves eyes. Um, and I thought that was really powerful. I got a little bit of like Elsa vibes when she develops this sixth sense of this neon I, I don't know. You can probably explain it better yeah. than me. But when they when they when they are in their wolf form, mm-hmm. they're able to close their eyes and experience the life around them differently. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, during the into the unknown sequence in Frozen Two, Elsa kind of is in this. You wonder if it's just like a fantasy sequence or if she's actually seeing. And I, I think meant to believe she's actually seeing these sort of uh, figures that she's conjuring um, from this um, the, the magic sprite that that she conjures during that song uh, leads her towards the direction of wanting to uh, head north. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, this um, fact that wolves and the wolf walkers who communicate with the wolves, you know, have this uh, heightened perception of the world around them because they don't strictly rely on um, just a few of their senses. Uh, you know, humans are, are so oriented towards, um, I, I guess, our eyesight. You know, right. there's there's very, I guess, eyesight and hearing, I think, are very front-loaded when it comes to our, priority, our priorities as humans. Uh, and then the rest kind of take a, a bit of a backseat, at least when it comes to... Um, survival and uh you know what information processing yeah i think they did a great job making Mm -hmm. for us human viewers making it a visual experience but yet making it understandable for us that this is how the wolves experience the Mm -hmm. world do you know what i mean and 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 same with elsa but any time that a, a creator has to uh, visually show us something that is not visual, whether it's sound or whatever, you know, it's probably a little bit of a challenge, but I think they really nailed it. I'm struggling because I don't have any like flaws with this movie. I'm like, I should say there's something they should have improved, but was yeah. there anything that stuck out to you that was not strong? Oh gosh. Um, I, there really wasn't. And, and like, even if the animation style seemed a, a little, um, it, it wasn't inaccessible by any means, but maybe just not quite on the level that I, I normally am accustomed to. It it really did its own work in, in, in reeling the audience in, for, at least for me. Like I, um, I just got caught up in the majesty of the way this movie, um, yeah, it used like watercolor, aesthetic um and uh, you know it's, it's just a little rougher in some areas some of the characters especially like the wolf characters 
they do leave in some of the more gestural sort of brush strokes. Um, and, and I thought that was great. Uh, the, the backgrounds aren't, aren't really in perspective very much. It'll do very strange things. It's not meant to be like realistic in the way that uh, the camera perceives the environment as like a Disney animated film, even like a traditionally Disney animated film will attempt to do. Um, so there, it, it just is very much its own thing, but I thought it was just so solid in pulling off what it was trying to do that um, it, that didn't, that didn't bother me. It just, um, it, it I think it took takes getting a second. Yes, it, you just kind of have to fall into it and just accept that this is how the story is going to go. And, you know, it was a similar thing we talked about over the garden wall as a group a few weeks back. Yeah. And it's sort of the same experience where it's like you have to kind of let yourself be immersed in this world. And for me, I think I struggled until they did the song Run With The Wolves, where there's a lot of nature, there's a waterfall, there's leaves, there's just this force of these animals and the music. And that's really where I just kind of like surrendered and accepted, mm -hmm. like, here we go. And I kind of let myself be totally encompassed by that world. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into some spoilers um, in a bit. Well, no, no, you, you, yeah, you haven't spoiled anything yet, but um, I think when it comes to animation that deals in more of an impressionistic surreal um, conceit, it, it can sometimes take away from the reality of the situation for me. Uh, for example, like a movie I recently saw um, on Disney Plus called Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, a very artistically done film in stop motion. It looks gorgeous. I loved that book as a kid, but I, I did not even know there was a movie. So I'm putting that on my list. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> it's uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Um, I think it's from like 2009, 2008, something, something like that. Um, but uh, there's just certain perspective elements in that film that really mess with any semblance of like realistic spatial reality. Um, you know, the, the way that this environment like has these di discrete locations that you can see very clearly in just a way that only makes sense in a film if you're trying to clearly communicate um, these spaces like the the rivals the the um, the characters who are the nemeses of the fantastic Mr. Fox there are three of them and like they all have these properties that are just like lined up right next to each other like it's some kind of Dr. Seuss cartoon or something or it's like Patrick's house, Squidward's house, SpongeBob's mm -hmm. house. Like it, it's, it's a bit of a shorthand that just kind of, you know, it, it's a bit convenient that they're all just sitting there right next to each other. And there are these massive uh, farms that each specialize in growing a different sort of crop <laughs> product. <laughs> and, uh, and they're all perfectly visible from this one spot where fantastic Mr. Fox, like, has his home under a tree or whatever. And then 
Uh, and then there are sequences in that film where they're like burrowing underground and all, all these foxes are doing is basically scraping with their hands, but they're able to yes. form these massive tunnels like it's a dig dug or something. <laughs> I remember from the book, and I mean, that's the, that's the power of storytelling and that's the magic of it all is that they're able to do that. Uh, yeah, you know, actually that kind of reminds me within this movie is there's one thing they did, and I didn't know if it pulled you out of the story at all, not mm. to detract what you're saying, because I agree with it, mm. <laughs> um, where Robin is doing, and this isn't a spoiler, so don't worry, where she's doing kind of these menial tasks within the like castle or the, the main part of the thing, and they choose to split the screen up into mm. three or four boxes, mm -hmm. and that's the only time they did it in the whole movie, and I thought it was a little distracting do you know if there's a reason why they did that for those scenes where they made her, hmm. you know what I'm referring well, to? Is I, it trying to show uh, the repetitiveness or? I, because she is yeah, having to work at the, I, I guess uh, the scullery. <laughs> um, she's kind of cleaning the, the castle, like the main keep. Uh, she happens upon this like uh, throne room or this hall. I, I think it's, it's basically a throne room where, a secrets being kept. Um, but yeah, while she's just performing her menial duties, it goes in like this split screen. A part of it is, sh is showing the Lord Protector building like this grand dais where he plans on performing like some execution, oh. uh, you know, mm -hmm, of the right. wolves, you know, uh, so that he can show the townspeople that they are clearing this wolf nuisance. Um, and then the other screen, because there are three screens. I don't know if the other one is, is her father like going off into the woods. No, you're okay. right. Yeah, I think, I think they do kind of introduce that as well throughout those three mm -hmm. things. And maybe they're just trying to show these things are all kind of happening at the same time within the city. Okay, that mm -hmm. makes more sense to me. Yeah, and since these things are sort of uh, routine um, activities, they're, you can sort of, um, you, you don't have to devote your full attention to really understand what's going on in each of these situations. You can just show them all happening side by side and get the full um, sort of extent of their intention. Yeah, the movie was what, a hundred and whatever minutes they couldn't probably afford to do mm -hmm. individual scenes. So they're like, let's just kind of make it all happen at once. And then yeah. you're right, she heads into and that okay how many spoilers do we want to do because um a, f a few people need to go out and watch this movie that's kind of the issue yeah. with it because i don't think enough people with it being strictly on apple tv plus uh -huh. are going to have the experience to watch it because right now obviously the world's in covid uh so yeah. people aren't going to theaters and so when philip for the listeners when Philip asked me to watch this, I was like, how am I going to get Disney Plus, not Disney Plus, uh, Apple, Apple TV. TV Plus, you know, to play this movie or whatever, but it's Let's totally see. worth it if you can use the free trial. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe just one kind of element that I, I think is fun to explore, but there's also a moment when um, Robin's working in the scullery and she's like cleaning this throne room or, or well, she's, not allowed in but it's unlocked i guess so she she can get in and like there's this interesting perspective shot where she's walking down this red carpet towards this uh cage at the end of the 
the throne room um and <laughs> like the part that she's walking on is like you know you're, you're you've got the overhead perspective and then the rest of the room is like this crazy like vertical <laughs> perspective that's like totally um just not orthogonal to whatever kind of plane that she's uh walking on so it's just like it really plays with the um with the dimensions in some of these moments which is fun i i enjoy the the artistry of it honestly even if it you know um logically my yeah sense. <laughs> you just have to let yourself go with those types of scenes i really liked that it's, too yeah it's like a picasso painting or, or like an mc escher drawing um and there are there was one moment i thought in that sort of deviated from that in a very refreshing way where you actually did get some nice like first person perspective you, you did see some dimension in um, the way the objects were appearing on screen as uh, characters moving throughout the environment. And that's kind of where we'll dip in a little bit to spoilers where um, for the first time we're seeing uh, through a wolf's eyes. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the first time, but it's the most significant time yeah. when, of course, um, this this power of being a wolf walker we find out is transmittable through a Bites. bite <laughs> i was like wait are we watching like twilight because the vampires are coming out but mm -hmm. yeah that bite ended up making robin spoiler alert uh so turn this off if you're gonna watch the movie <laughs> uh but robin through the bite of meb uh, mm -hmm. it has the ability to become a wolf walker, which is iconic and I want to do the same, but it's also very scary. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're right, her perception of it. So go ahead with that, Philip. Yeah, um, and it, uh, it really adds this layer of connection to nature or to a spirit. Uh, these wolf walkers, it, it's sort of like lycanthropy, um, and, but not quite to the extent of, you know, you're transforming into a literal wolf, like a werewolf or, or a, you know, part human, part wolf. Um, but, it's like your soul is within the wolf body, but your mm -hmm. human body is still, it, it's sleeping, yeah. it's sleeping. So your soul can return back to your body again, but they do it in a very sensible way it seems like i mean sos she's a she-wolf in disguise <laughs> um, <laughs> she yeah the wolf isn't it is like a physical projection which is interesting it's not a flesh and blood wolf that existed prior to robin becoming a wolf walker but then when she goes to sleep this wolf does actually take shape and it does have like physical impact on the world around her but um once she in this wolf form returns to her body she can then you know go back to her waking human state um and it's it's an interesting concept and one that i'd never really um because because usually when i think of like astrally projecting into like a wolf body you're actually taking over like the body of a wolf that that was already existing 
But yeah, I mean, I kind of started thinking about Avatar from like Pandora, that whole thing yeah. of, of becoming an Avatar or whatever. But this is sort of a different thing. Yeah, this is like an independent thought form that becomes physical and it's in the shape of a wolf and it can be um, damaged. I think it can be like injured. Um, Wait, super spoiler alert. Of yeah. course. Okay, everyone turn this off. Uh, super spoiler alert. Like, yes, the wolf body's injuries definitely affect the human soul because mm -hmm. what you'll come to find throughout this movie and turn this off spoiler alert, sorry, <laughs> uh, is that there is this scene where uh, Meb's mother is, is injured mm -hmm. and then her human body suffers from this, you know, yeah. quite immensely. Yeah, and then there's the secret fourth Wolf Walker, Wolf Walker character that also exhibits this uh, phenomenon as well. Um, and yeah, so I that whole like interconnectedness uh, between the body and the soul and nature, um, you know, it's it's a very fun kind of thing to explore, and, and like the, that connection to our senses as well, uh, sight sound, um, smell, taste, touch. Uh, it's, all, it's all very interconnected. Um, wolves are a great kind of avatar for, for that, um, that concept, that premise. Oh, and yeah. the, the, there was the Aurora song too you mentioned, which I, I really liked. I thought it was, I, I love Aurora. The Is that the one running with wolves? Yeah, scene? yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was great uh, use of soundtrack. Yes, I thought the songs that they threw in, well, there aren't too many. Um, there's that one and maybe like two or three more. And then obviously the, the credit scene. I thought the music that they picked was very appropriate and very mm -hmm. just giving you that, not medieval vibe, but that like soft but strong feel. Again, I, I don't want to go back to saying like Trolls World Tour, but I just mm -hmm. think this movie just like really nailed it when it came to like bringing in so many elements but like still it's like a soothing movie overall like i and, and maybe that's the watercolor paintings but but yeah there's there's a bit of music in there that's emotional and mm -hmm. artistic yeah i mean aurora doesn't sound too poppy uh, like her music sounds very ethereal and, and kind of traditional as well um, she does some of those um sort of ancient singing techniques you hear in um you know in frozen 2 there's a certain word i think they used for it kulning kulning or something the yeah i know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about yeah. but i'm not going to be the one to display the sound for everybody um, but yes i know what you're referring to I, that I, kind she's... of magical like i now i picture the northern lights the, the but... herding call yeah <laughs> Mm -hmm. I think she's probably an accomplished yodeler as well, but just, yeah, it has that, that Northern, um, yeah, just the, the classic uh, feel of the wilderness. Yeah. And her name, you know, is named after the Northern lights, just that myst crazy mystical phenomenon that you can see in Northern regions. And I think that's something that's kind of hard to tap into because it's really easy to go too strong or too delicate. Um, and she kind of hits the right note of being like light and whimsical, but also like 
vibrant and and lush. Do you know what I mean? And and throughout the movie, it's the perfect match. This movie deserves all the awards, in my opinion. I'm guessing this. Um, I'm, I'm guessing Secret of the Kells won, and those other ones too. Yeah, I um, I don't know exactly like um, what other awards. I'll just pull up these other films, but. Um, this song of the sea was nominated for one oscar i would guess uh, best animated feature did not win um secret of kells 2009 we did have the best animated feature it was also nominated for an oscar um which was uh, best animated feature film um to for the i'd like to check out which actually won that year so these were the movies that came out in 2009 secret of kells um is this the year of up that's um i wait i'm i'm guessing that's the one that won because um it's a winner in several other categories yep best animated feature film from 2009 was up. It was up against Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Secret of Kells, The Princess and the Frog, and Coraline. Um, so I think that's their m- most famous movie otherwise. Um, and the, yeah, so um, The Wolf Walkers was directed by um, Tom Moore and Ross Stewart, who are think just uh, some of the mainstays of this company um, and frankly I uh, don't know incredible amounts <laughs> of context surrounding Me this. Neither. Yeah yeah because like I, I just haven't really studied um, the the cartoon saloon Ouvoir. Um, I know I'm more of a Disney person or yeah. I mean this isn't the most mainstream uh, it's not it? yeah it, uh, but that's kind of the cool thing about it is that they come out with these just like one, two punch type movies that are just, I mean, is there anything in their repertoire that's just like trash or is everything quite, no, quite good. Uh, they, though this company does kind of make their bread and butter uh, doing commercials. So that's how they're. Oh, able to right. I'm sure we could find some commercials that were a little trashy. <laughs> but. Let's see. The, uh, um, I mean, I'm sure they would say that their main thing is their their feature films, but I know they've also done commercials. I imagine they'd have to um, have done things like that and, and short films um, just in order to stay afloat as a company because this is, you know, it wasn't, there was a five-year gap between The Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea. Um, well, I was curious about that and you usually are the number person. Uh, <laughs> what did this movie budget and what did they bring in did you happen yeah. to find that because i mean again it's on apple tv plus so how are people seeing this and how are they making uh income off of it that's well, my question <laughs> the fact that it's on apple tv plus means that apple just paid them kind of a lump sum um the uh let's see cartoon saloon and melisine M-E-L-U-S-I-N-E productions were the main production companies behind this, but then 
there were a bunch of others that were in association. Um, this, this one maybe cost a little more along the lines of like uh, 15 to 20 million, whereas um, the breadwinner was budgeted as 10 million. Um, and then none of their movies have really grossed more than a few million dollars at the box office um, because they just aren't given super wide releases. Um, I think part of that has to do with the fact that, yeah, they, it, you know, if you're unacquainted with these films, they, they do look more like, you know, television sort of caliber animation. Um, that's not my opinion. It's just sort of that vector style that they have. Um, yeah, it's sort of more aligned with, um, you know, what uh, we were talking about with, um, over the garden wall and that type uh -huh. of thing. Um, but I'm sure this, um, you know, it's, it's going to have some box office gross because of um, the need to qualify for awards. So I'm seeing cumulatively it's grossed $185,488 so far. Oh, the Wolfwalkers no. has. <laughs> um, Time to start a Patreon for Wolfwalker. <laughs> no, but uh, the fact that it's on Apple means that it's fine. You know, these, yeah. these uh, I th I'm sure. And as long as the, um, uh, what do they call that? Analytics are good on Apple TV Plus, which I'm sure they will be. Um, anyone who has not redeemed their free subscription to Apple TV Plus, if you're not a subscriber already, I recommend you do so for this film. I was and gonna say, we're doing our part because like this podcast, if it even gets like one or two people to watch it, uh, we'll be doing our part. Well, and uh, <laughs> if you already have, just pay the $5 for one month. That's actually really not bad at all uh, for, the rental, essentially, uh, on this film, and uh, you'll, you'll be good to go. You can cancel it after a month if you don't want to keep it. But, I mean, I think they got a lot of decent stuff on Apple TV+, Plus, so um, it's probably worth subscribing to if, uh, if you're always in, on the lookout for fresh new content. Yeah, and plus we didn't even really totally spoil this one for you. But honestly, someday we're going to have a podcast episode where we get to rant. Well, I get to vent about all these different streaming services and how I don't want it to be a monopoly, but I also hate paying $8 to like everyone to watch movies. But yeah. luckily this one came with my computer. So I actually have a full year of it. So I hope yeah. we get to explore more of what they have. And at the end of the day, like, I feel like this movie was a passion project. So even if like they break even, I think they're going to be so proud of it because it's such a great movie. Mm -hmm. um, this, uh, I, I know, I was going to say um, the villain, um, the Lord Protector. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just wanted to say I, I really like the portrayal of this character and like that he wasn't an over-the-top villain really um, so I'm not gonna spoil but yeah <laughs> oh shoot okay I think yeah, I can say this without spoiling it yeah. but I'm a big fan of the story Le Miserable and some of you may have seen the musical I know Philip's sister loved it um, but when religion pays a plays a role into the the decisions that people make that maybe aren't for the best of mankind. I find it really intriguing and really interesting. So I agree the, the, the quote unquote villain of this, I really loved it as well because it, it was a really relatable um, bad guy 
because because he thought he was doing good, you know, Mm -hmm. no spoilers, but he thought he was doing good. And, and one other thing, I don't know, like, I know we're trying to kind of keep it semi short tonight, but like, Mm -hmm. there are scenes in there that really stood out to me. And I'm going to tell you guys, my favorite one is um, like Philip and I said, Robin and her father, they're new to the area. And what I thought was really, really cool that this movie did for kids is there's this scene where Robin's kind of questioning her father's decisions and why he does what he does. And he explains it to her, but in true kid fashion, she's like, why, why? And the father answers back, well, I don't know. And, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, he adds, I'm scared. And I thought that was super great because the older I get, you know, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but realizing that adults don't always know what's best or why they even do what they do because they might just be doing their job and not really having time to to reflect on why they do the job that they do. Uh, I thought it was really, really important. So for anyone else who's watching it, uh, that's a really strong character moment uh, that stood out to me. And I think we need to see more of because grownups don't always have all the solutions and grownups don't always know what's going on and, mm-hmm. and grownups can be scared. So I thought that was super touching. I don't know if you mm-hmm. had a scene that stood out to you without spoilers. Um, I, um, I, uh, I, I know that just the ending was was really compelling for me and um you, you know it does you find out at a certain point like the the wolf walker characters Maeve and her mother um they they realize that they're just not really going to be able to stop this human encroachment on their territory and so um they they're ready to sort of flee for greener pastures and um and so yeah they're they're conceding to the fact that um you know the the humans have won this round and we're we're just going to find a new place to live and then that pays off in a satisfying way later on um and and it is just like a ballad of conflicting interests where this this human community you know is wanting to live out its um days in in a peaceful manner and but you know it has this unfortunately destructive effect on the environment around it that's reaping um you know some some um bad you know karma onto wait a second did we watch fern gully (laughs) (laughs) no you're right the flourishing city versus the shrinking forest there's some (laughs) some adverse effects you have you know trying to uh cut down the forest and you know impinge on the wolves so the wolves have retaliated by you know making uh by by attacking the villagers and their flock you know their sheep and and yeah like um you know the, no one's really malicious and at fault in trying to like so immense amounts of destruction they're all just kind of trying to to find a, an appropriate balance. Um, but yeah, you, um, eventually, you, you know, these wolf walkers are treated as, um, as enemies. And it's like having, you know, from a certain perspective, um, you know, wolves are 
just wild animals. So there's nothing you can really do about that. But the fact that they're being aided by these human characters, that can be problematic. And, um, you know, you lump them in with certain pagan customs as well. And, and you can really make them into an other that needs to be hunted down and destroyed. And, and that's kind of what happens. And, um, the, uh, I, I thought this Lord Protector character, you know, he, it was interesting because he wasn't, it was just sort of, he was d dispassionate about his execution of this um, plan to rid the, the region of these sort of pagan worshipers as he saw them. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, it was kind of like, you know, Javert from Les Miserables, yeah. just fulfilling his duty to God and to his country. Um, it, he wasn't like a Frollo. And as much as I love the character of Judge Frollo from Disney's Punchback Notre Dame, like at part of why I love him is just because he is just so overtaken with this, um, you know, devil's snare. Whereas I, I feel like Lord Protector has a much more, you know, he has a, a better grasp of reality, shall we say. <laughs> Yeah, he just, I mean, he yeah. has his convictions and he's trying to live by them and he's not as open-minded as he probably needs to be and mm -hmm. where the city, I mean, the movie ends on a hopeful note, but yeah. it would be kind of cool to know where they go from there. I will say that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm craving a sequel or anything. I think it ends in a very tidy mm -hmm. way, but, but you do kind of wonder what's going to happen to that city next. Um, yeah. Yeah, the uh, protector, he, like he gives um, Sean Bean's character a lot of chances, which is interesting. Like he's surprisingly sympathetic towards Bill Goodfellow and, and, the do and Robin um, at certain points throughout the film. So I thought that was interesting. And then, yeah, the, it, it concludes in this sort of satisfying yet, yet um, kind of uh, bittersweet um, mm -hmm. sort of way. And uh, I don't know, I, I can't imagine there'll be a sequel, but uh, if this is a huge hit, then maybe you could see these characters live on in other ways, um, perhaps like uh, in, in illustrated graphic novels or something. I could definitely see something like that. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a good one to watch. There's a lot of messages to choose from, so kind of, pick your favorite and kind of run with the wolves <laughs> when it comes to that. Uh, but I loved it. And so hopefully this is a gleaming review for the work that they did. Yeah. I know uh, when we were talking about Trolls World Tour, you were <laughs> asking me about um, uh, music festivals and I embarrassingly couldn't think of like any hard rock music festivals. And I actually had it kind of pop in my head, Lollapalooza, but I was like, uh, is that is that rock? Because that, that's such a weird name, Lollapalooza. It sounds goofy. Um, but no, that is like the big rock festival and that's held usually every year in, in um, Illinois, I believe. Yeah, there's also, I was after we hung up, because we're usually kind of recording these in the evening and our brains are already tired, but there's mm -hmm. Warped Tour, there's there's all types of sort of ones we could have referenced. We just, our brains were drawing a blank. Uh, and I was fishing for the word minions too, when I was talking about like, you know, mindless henchmen that, you know, these zombie mooks that 
um, the the villain in Trolls creates. And <laughs> it was right in front of me with like the Minions movies, you know, I, I should have thought of that. Um, God, but. there's nothing more <laughs> that I hate than the Minions. The way they, they don't English, I could literally rip my brain out. I just, hopefully we never do a, a podcast on those. Yeah, I, I am comfortable skipping. The, we'll call in Dawson. <laughs> Despicable Me, Minions, maybe nah. at some point um, they'll come across our radar. But uh, for now, um, I mean, we've covered at least one Illumination movie on here. Uh, the Grinch and Secret Life of Pets 2, I think both, uh, you know, because they've came out since I started this podcast we did review those um, and and they do some okay stuff but they're not my favorite animation studio on the other hand Cartoon Saloon is definitely a uh, animation studio that is compulsory in my opinion definitely check out whatever they have the uh, and which is weird for me to say since I haven't seen the breadwinner yet, but um, now I know I need to go out and, and, and seek that out. Yeah, if it wasn't on my radar before, it definitely is now. And I think a lot of people after watching this movie will be looking forward to their next project because they do a great job with with themes and with visuals and music and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, very well thought out film. And thank you, Jody, for discussing it with me. It was a pleasure. I love loving movies. So thank you, Wolfwalker. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, uh, to everyone listening, uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with something. I, I kind of wanted to do something Christmas themed. Uh, we, oh, we did the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Oh. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what the future has in store. Um, yeah, Jody. any final thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I got a chance to express them all. So thanks for listening. And if you want to find me, I'm sometimes on Instagram, Jody Pulaski, uh, J-O-D-I-P-O-L-A-S-K-Y. And I'll see you probably super soon, if not in the new year. Uh, and I wish you a Merry Christmas or Hanukkah or uh, Kwanzaa, whatever you do, do it. <laughs> yeah, um, Hanukkah began on what, the 12th? Oops. I, uh, well, right. I, I think it's on my calendar here. Uh, the 10th was the first day of Hanukkah. We're recording this on the 17th. Um, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, I, I guess tomorrow is nine candles, right? Um, <laughs> so maybe you'll, you'll still be in the midst of Hanukkah listening to this. Um, and yeah, uh, follow the podcast um, on... Uh, Apple Podcasts is a great outlet, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, just check us out on our website, thodcast.com, at thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, this I very much enjoyed this movie. Thodcast uh, is sort of derived from my personal love of the film Frozen and this movie seemed to have a lot of uh, parallels to that in certain ways so um, you got a little flavor of my personal preferences when it comes to some of these films uh, tonight well you all of course as we like to say here have a magical day 
uh, and a wonderful week. And uh, as Olaf would say, warm, warm hugs. hugs, warm hugs. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>